Yes, land lovers. This here be the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. This be an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. Now, this here be the main show episode where we give our further thoughts of the amazing Once Upon a Time episode we watched last Sunday. Now, if you called in or emailed in, you might be hearing your thoughts in the podcast. So keep a ruddy eye out for it. And now, let's take a closer look at all the Once Upon a Time treasure we found. Here is Captain and First Mate of the Once Upon a Time podcast. And now, Captain, permission to come aboard? Permission granted, Quartermaster Juan Forth and the rest of the folks mm-hmm. that are here to listen. Yes. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And thank you for wiping your feet on the mat. <clears throat> of course. Because otherwise we'll make, a lot the, of, well, we'll make you swap the deck if it's dirty. Well, and then Don Juanito will get after him too because he swips the deck. Exactly. He swips and mops the deck. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. And this is a discussion about Save Henry. This is episode 194. And you can get all the show notes at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 194. And yes, we will be discussing Save Henry and... Just this episode touched a nerve, <laughs> a number of nerves. There were nerves touched all over the place. Some good, some bad. Okay. This is something good to have, mm-hmm. but we got a lot of feedback. Okay. A whole lot. Okay. Like I said, not complaining. No, just, no, no. Just we we, we a got lot. a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying my best to kind of pare it down to certain thoughts that I want to bring up to kind of... So we're not going to read every email. If we did, we'd be here till Tuesday. And I, I, I don't think anyone really wants that. If you do, <laughs> thank you, but we're not going to do that. Right. So just to let you know that, that we're, we're trying to kind of pare it down. We, we may choose certain emails to read. We may not, but I've tried to kind of pick from here, here and there uh, some great, excellent I'm blown away by mm-hmm. the thoughts. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got an excellent voicemail coming up. But uh, did you, you were waving your arm. No, did you not have, at all. Okay. All right. Excellent. Hi. It's time for some Once Upon a Time news. I didn't say yeah this time. Right. Because you... Well, because anyway. typically you do it a beat too early, just a half beat too early. I know. It's like I'm sliding You have to wait until it does, yeah. finish, and it goes, and then you go, yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, so news. We have, and as you know, we're, we don't discuss spoilers. We right. try not to. I slipped once. Yeah. <laughs> a little while back. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I will try not to do that again. But uh, anyhow, we do discuss casting news because I think it's important once the casting notice is official, that we want to really cheer on the new folks that are part of the cast. Yeah. Some of the cast uh, notifications will make some happy mm-hmm. and some not so happy. Oh, I right. follow a lot of people and yeah. All right. Uh, so first off, uh, Rebecca Mader, mm-hmm. 
who plays Charlotte from Lost. Mm-hmm. And she's also been in Covert Affairs. Yes. And she was in a little movie called The Rainbow Tribe. Yes. As Mrs. Murray. Yes. We saw Rainbow Tribe. A number of times. And uh, and why did we see The Rainbow Tribe a number of times? Because our very talented, not the only talented no. nephew. And, the oldest. And, and the oldest nephew, uh, Noah Monk, was in Rainbow Tribe. Right. And uh, we saw him film a little bit, not with Rebecca Mader. No, sadly. we actually didn't know. But, but um, David James Elliott, that was Noah really Monk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, Carly, he was Gibby on iCarly. And uh, so, anyway, yeah, I was watching Rainbow Tribe and I go, hey, it's Charlotte. <laughs> and yep. she was cast in there. So, yeah. uh, Rebecca Mader, a little bit of, you know, six degrees of separation there. Yeah. Not even six. Yep. Two or so. <laughs> One. <laughs> anyway, we welcome Rebecca Mader yes. uh, to the cast. We do not know who she is playing. Mm. So She's a redhead, so it could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, w- whatever she's playing, we want to welcome her mm-hmm. uh, to Once Upon a Time. Yes. And j- just a little side note. Remember what Adam and Eddie said? Uh, is it for the first 11 episodes, no new characters? Right. So they've held up their end of the bargain. Yep. Now <laughs> the floodgates have opened <laughs> and we are getting all kinds of characters. Yeah, looks so, like. Anyhow, uh, the next new casting news is Alexandra Metz. Okay. She was in Chicago Fire and um, she, paid, she played Elsie Mills, strangely enough. Elsie Mills. Yeah, that's kind of funny. In uh, Chicago Fire. Mm-hmm. And she was also in The Originals. Okay. And she has been cast as, and again, this is out there. This is, I, I mean, maybe it's spoiler, but just really nothing to well, show. But she's been cast as Rapunzel, right? So, so at least we know Rapunzel will show up. Yes, but we don't at, know. The, we don't know the details of the story, mm-hmm. and even if we did, we wouldn't tell you. Yep. <laughs> so anyhow, and, and I've already seen some little things on Twitter that people are just not happy with the way. She looks or that oh. she doesn't fit the Disney mold. That's going to be really hard. <laughs> Poor Disney fans. I, I, I need to pour them a drink and mm-hmm. give them a side hug or right. say hang in right. there. Because it's really hard because with the twists that Adam and Eddie put on this show, it's going to be really tough. It is. Well, and that's yeah, the thing. I mean, so. that's the thing we keep trying to remind folks is that, you know, this is not Disney. It, they're borrowing characters from fairy tales, which, by the way, Walt Disney did as well. He didn't invent these characters. Right. So the fact remains that they are, you know, <clears throat> very long, old fairy tale characters. And, yeah, we're used to the way Disney presented them because that's how, you know, we've seen them and that's what we've grown up with and that's what we're, you know, seeing current. But you got to remember, this is not Disney. This is not a Disney movie and it's not Disney anything. So. Yeah. If you can get past that, I think you might find you'll enjoy it anyway. Absolutely. This is Don Juanito. And these are your email messages. Thank you for sending them. Every time you send an email to us, it's like Christmas in our inbox. So thank you so much Mm -hmm. for sending in your emails and causing us to have a little Christmas in our inbox. Yes. So we did put out a question as far as have you ever done a once upon a time uh, project? 
at mm-hmm. school. Right. And uh, listener Paige mm-hmm. said that she has many times as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, Genevieve sent a very nice email uh, about her book of knitting. Oh. And her book is called Once Upon a Knit, 28 Grim and Glamorous Fairy Tale Projects. And the book isn't out yet, um, but she's going to send us a review copy. So oh, nice. You knit and yes, uh, I Genevieve attempt knits. to knit. I'm not look. Let's face facts. Unless you like knit all the time, and unless you can get beyond you know regular knit stitches and right. maybe a couple pearls here and there, I can't call myself a knitter. I try, okay. but. I like to knit. I like to knit, you know, simple things. You have. You have, I, I have, cr- you have finished some yes, projects. So. I have finished some you, projects, you have, but they're nothing fancy. I haven't gotten be- beyond that. So, anyway. All right. So, anyhow, <clears throat> I will put a link to um, uh, to Genevieve's book, and uh, we will be talking about it more in depth once we get a copy, and I thank her for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, a great project, and uh, very excited about that. Yeah. Writing a book and finishing that, that's a, that's that's a big tough. deal. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So this email is from Computer Deb, and she uh, talking a bit about Tink cleaning up. And uh, uh, Deb is saying that uh, you were right, Tink was a mess when we first met her, but each time uh, she's with the Neverland Avengers, she gets a little more sparkly. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's, she's kind of excited to do something new, and people are there, and giving her opportunities to you know, right. do more things. And she also mentioned the spooky pan. She says she is a sci-fi horror fan. She's loved it since she was a kid. And uh, this has been... Anyway, uh, Pan is the creepiest villain she's ever met, seen. And I oh, agree. Yeah. He's very he's, psychological. He's and crazy. Scary. He's pretty crazy. Alina uh, sent an email uh, about the daughter... And daddy bonding moment uh, between Charming and Emma. And when Charming told Emma she was a good leader um, because he didn't think everyone else would be able to work together, she really enjoyed that moment. And I did too. Mm-hmm. And some people will disagree who the leader was, and we'll see as we read on our emails. This is from Paige. Uh, and she was talking about the full acting range of Regina. And uh, Paige wants to wake up the Emmy committee. And if, you know, I know Paige, she's probably going to get a megaphone in a car <laughs> driving by the front of the houses, yeah. not breaking any laws, no. but just saying, you know, Lana Perea, yeah. please, Emmy, once upon a time, right. come on, right. wake up. So um, she was going through uh, the different ranges of, um, of Lana as uh, her role as Regina. From evil queen to new mom to hero mom, from crying to Emma to confronting gold to standing up to Pan to soothing Henry, uh, she played every facet of Regina perfectly, so natural and genuine. She had me in tears throughout most of this episode, and she did. She, mm-hmm. you know, when we rewatched the episode, yeah. I did see all the different points that. Yeah. She hit, and definitely, I think that Save Henry is going to be one that they do send to the Emma Emma Committee. Wow, Emmy <laughs> Committee. <laughs> Nothing against Jennifer Morrison, but right now we're talking about Lana Perea. Yes. So, uh, anyway, yeah, if they're smart, but, they would because that is actually. I mean, she 
you know, like we've, we've said this a number of times. They clearly know what they're doing when they cast, uh, especially the main characters. They've, they've just hit it out of the park with the, with the primary, uh, leads in this, in the show. And, um, even their guest stars, they've, they've really done a great job. And so, yeah, there definitely needs to be more Emmy talk this year because they've done such an amazing job. I think that Once Upon a Time has a better cast than Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Mm. That's well, what I think. I know. You haven't seen much of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. No. I have to say Naveen Andrews is pretty darn amazing. I like Naveen Andrews. He's, I think he's fantastic. He's really, but yeah. I'm just telling you. Yeah. Comparing you know, the two casts to me. Oh, no, no, no. No. And that's that's the thing is you really can't. So anyway, yeah. enough about one. All right. Uh, and also Paige was letting us know that uh, Lana tweeted that multiple babies were used for the episode with baby Henry. Right. And, th- and that's kind of a normal thing. But Very. you forget. Uh, you know, yeah. you see one baby and you go, oh, there's the baby but you know right uh, they were actually multiple babies right and usually that's because especially with really young kids it's hard to get the you know the one child to do all that you know emoting so you have one baby who might be a little fussier and you have the twin who is more calm and that's how they pull that off babies aren't fussy that's oh (laughs) right because babies are perfect i gotta <laughs> I just me. But, Babies are fussy, right. and it's so, part of the you know it's part of life. So I have to say that Lana dressed spectacular for a mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Normally, when you think about a mom, it's yeah. like a sweatsuit running around. And I know, you know, but but it was just that's I mean, a very bad stereotype, by the way. Yeah, I know, but it's unfortunate. But it's a very bad stereotype. All right, I, I, I didn't want to get myself in trouble. I was trying. Yeah, to let's just move on because you're going to keep going there. All right, so uh, page continues. Is uh, Archie is sometimes Regina's confidant and dare I say conscience? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so this is from Paige's email. It was so great to see Raphael Savard return as Archie, and I agree. Mm-hmm. W- when I rewatched the episode, I really. There were moments when, you know, and if you've listened to the podcast from the beginning, first of all, thank you for that. And there's a Purple Heart for you somewhere. And I love the characters that are just good, like King Leopold is mm-hmm, one of them, mm-hmm. um, that that really kind of bring this goodness. And the genie to a degree, he was just kind of so happy and in and, and, and love. He was just all good. But uh, Raphael Sabarge in, in the role as Archie is another one. Um, she continues here. All his scenes were where he counseled Regina were wonderful. And I loved when he told her, if you keep worrying about the future, you'll never enjoy the present. And that's something I think resonated with everyone watching. And it's definitely something that I needed to be reminded of. And uh, me as well, Paige. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, true. It's, it's great advice. But, but I do... You know, it's it's nice to see someone who is as powerful as Regina still needs someone, you know, whether it's a love or not, a friend or confidant mm-hmm. to help them, mm-hmm. or at least listen to them. Right. And right. Uh, so, yeah, I love that, too. Um, Paige also was mentioning, uh, you know, maybe she wants to see the scenes of Toddler Henry, too. 
Um, as soon as Regina asked Henry, what shall we do today? I immediately wanted to see more of their time together. I would love to see Regina with toddler Henry someday. I'm sure, I'm not sure how they could work it into the story at this point, but hopefully someday we will be able to see more of Regina and Henry's past together. Uh, Lana was so natural and beautiful in her scenes with baby Henry and I would love to see how she would interact with a toddler Henry. I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I think it'd be cool to see maybe the first steps um, and that kind of a thing. Maybe to hear um, him say mm-hmm. mama for the first time. Yeah. That would have been really, really neat. Yeah, and that would be really cool. Paige shouts out to everybody. Happy holidays and big love to all. So we thank Paige for that. Yes. Yes. Uh, this is from Lori. And Lori noticed that Regina's doing the right thing in season two and finding her place in this rescue party has now paid off. Uh, Season one, Henry did everything. Henry did anything he could to push Regina away in favor of Emma. Season two, Regina loves Henry, but he always runs past her to hug Emma. All the celebrations are with Emma, Henry, and the charming camp of characters. Regina is always left standing to the side. When Henry's heart was restored, he hugged both Emma and Regina. Then all of the mother-son interaction on the episode were between Regina and Henry. He, we didn't really see any Emma and Henry. It was as if he's starting to accept the fact that he has two mothers who both love him and care for him. And the mother seemed to realize that Henry needs both of his mothers. Oh, very much agreed. Very much agreed. And, you know, I... I actually agree too that the trajectory of the of the um, relationship has gone exactly how you said mm-hmm. is yeah. um, you know anyway I I, I agree yeah it's de- it was definitely nice to see that you know Henry referred to her as mom I mean mm-hmm. he knows that he does that she is his mom and the fact that she rescued him he, you can't just put aside you know his wanting to know his birth mother, he, he knows, I think he realized he can't just set that aside, but at the same time, um, or set her aside for his, you know, he wants both. Yeah. I think he realized he wants and needs both. And I think that's a really good point is that, you know, not only does he know that he needs both of them and how lucky he is to have both. I think that they recognize that they both need to be a part of his life, which is fantastic. It makes for an interesting, interesting, you know, future. Yes, indeed. And um, Lori continues, Rumpel, Charming, The Tonic, The Neverland Water, and What Happened to Liam. She was discussing that. Mm -hmm. Also, Charming is on the ship heading home. We know that Rumpel slash Gold thinks he can create a potion to help, but he thinks it's not a definite fix uh hook's brother died as soon as the ship hit the water outside of neverland so what will happen to david as soon as he hits the water in storybrook do they take some of the magic water home for david to keep him going until gold uh comes up with a cure this has been discussed in a couple of different places and we didn't see a definite you know no one announced here's the water right right they were going to right, get the water, right. but we never saw them return. At this point, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that right. 
Well, because they recognize, I'm pretty sure that they did only because they realized that that's the only way, you know, to get David off the island. Because they were very surprised and happy Mm -hmm. when Rumpel was out of the box. Mm -hmm. They go, okay, now we can go home. Yeah, because I I recall that he was going to go with Hook. I believe he and Hook were the ones that were going to go get the water. I I think it... Yeah, yeah, Cause, yeah, right. Because uh, Neil stayed back with Tink at um, the camp with the kids. So I'm pretty sure it was Hook and, Hook and David, because they were the ones who went the first time to go up there. Yeah, it may have been anyway. Point is, I'm pretty confident they have it, because obviously that would have been a sticking point. Wait, we don't have the water. We can't leave. Yep. You know what I mean? So, I mean, my, my, my thing is this. I'm pretty certain that they yeah, have the water. Yeah, yeah. So. And I'm pretty sure they got a pretty decent amount of it because who knows how long, you know, it's going to be. But, but you know, we're taking, you know, kind of license with it. We did not see mm-hmm. it, but I'm kind of going with, yeah, they did. Uh, yeah. I will continue. I guess since they mentioned it is a possibility that we are to assume that is what they did. And, uh, yeah. It was kind of a, uh, a fail-safe just in case until they got Rumple free somehow. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, this is my uh, note in this uh, email here, uh, my thoughts here. Uh, what about the pixie dust? Will Tink have to choose between using it for her re-winging or Charming's healing? And I think that'll be an interesting yeah. choice. I-, I can't fathom she'll need it for her own re-winging. I'm pretty sure that it's just it's something she would have for whatever she needs in order to f- yeah. perform some good deed so it makes sense that she would use that for charming's healing but i i guess what i'm saying is a choice uh, something between this or charming and and i think she's going to be faced with a choice and it will have to be difficult for her. and i think when she does choose to heal charming maybe when they hit the water he starts to convulse and 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 get that strange thing on his chest again from the dream shade that she will have to make a choice and i think somebody else will maybe be affected too anyway i'm thinking actually she's just gonna volunteer it and that will be the the last straw that will give her her wings that's just me yeah i I just think a difficult choice is always the more dramatic choice so oh no totally agree but they may not go that route with this it just Mm -hmm. depends it's either way i see it going either way so viable So, Lori, as of right now, is our number one uh, Pennsylvania listener. Okay. And, but she needs Yay. some help to get the word out. So, okay, hint, hint, I'm putting this in. Other Pennsylvania listeners, mm-hmm. just drop us an email. Say, I'm out there, too. I know the Amish Mafia. I'm right outside. <laughs> you know, I'm team whatever. I forget the guy's names. I haven't watched the show in so long. Levi, Merlin. Ebenezer? No. I don't know. <laughs> Ebenezer. Okay. Levi, Merlin, or uh, Alan. That's right. That's right. Alan's, what, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Let's that. not right. talk about All that right. anymore. So I'm going to read uh, from Lori's email. A few podcasts ago, you mentioned one of your top download states was Pennsylvania. That's where I live, and I was surprised to hear that stat. Of all my friends and work associates, there are only three of us who watch the show. We're all avid viewers, but the show just doesn't, get ha- doesn't seem to have a big following in this area. Uh, I have done my part to try and get people interested, but not much luck. So Pennsylvania. 
Right. You got to get the word out about the show and the podcast. You got to mm-hmm. you got to do that. Right. So well, and it depends on the area. I mean, depends on where exactly she lives right. in Pennsylvania. I mean, if it's you know Lebanon, Levi, you better do some stuff. You better get the word out. The next hut party, you better do something. So, okay, thank we're you. done with that right. conversation. This uh, next email is from Marissa. Mm-hmm. And uh, there she noticed a parallel of the moms between the land without magic and saving Henry. Um, Henry waking up to Regina's voice just as he woke up to Emma's kiss in season one was a very cool parallel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 We talked about the fact that, yeah, a, a kiss would have been a little too... The same, yeah. ...trite, I guess. I, that's not really maybe the best word, but I could see it as being, you know, kind of predictable, expected, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have had quite the same power, I don't think. But And, anyway. and this kind of um, matches a, a earlier email uh, to the shift mm-hmm. from Emma to Regina. Yeah. Not to say that Emma's not... Henry's mom too and and all that but there is a shift I I think it's I don't know if it's I would say shift I would definitely say there's definitely a focus Um, you know they're focusing now on Henry and Regina's relationship and bringing that back to a good one because all Henry's ever wanted was for her to not be the evil queen right and he's seeing that she's not being the evil queen that she's being a mom that she really does love him I mean I don't think we ever question that she loved him no but i don't i think he kind of did you know at the beginning of the series at the beginning of the series he kind of questioned it and you know that i think now he's finally getting a chance to see that she really does love him and it's it's not it's a pure motherly love i think that's really cool there is also the um that especially on neverland that we're facing Reading a book by its cover, mm-hmm. and so when you, you mean hear, a book by its cover? right? Yeah, judging. See, that's why she's here, folks. You know, to, to keep me on the anyway, straight path. Go ahead. Uh, all right. So, but uh, judging a book by its cover, you know, trusting a pirate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thinking an evil queen can love a son, uh, you know, we're we're <laughs> faced with can you do that? You know, and so there's so many times. In this arc, these first uh, 11 or 12 episodes is, you know, how can you trust a pirate? We've heard that. And so an evil queen can love mm-hmm. a son. Absolutely. And as um, the uh, Marissa's email continues, the act of taking the potion also proved uh, that from the very beginning, she put her son first. Right. To forget the other threat uh, right. of um, the biological mother coming to cause trouble. Right. So, uh, and also Marissa's helping us out a little bit here. Uh, sometimes, sometimes both, both shows of, of the week, but especially in the, uh, um, first thoughts, we sometimes forget. So, uh, she's helping us out that admin, Evie, Evie, I should have slept in a little more today. Maybe Adam and Eddie had previously said that Mr. Gold remembered his fairy tale identity when he first heard Emma's name uh, in the pilot. So anyway, thank you for that. Uh, It would have been nice if we would have heard like a ding (laughs) and his eyes would have opened up like, ah, you know, right. But nothing. But continue. Okay. 
Um, but as you guys discussed after watching this episode and seeing Rumpel and Regina's scenes together, it seemed pretty clear that Rumpel knew what he was doing and he knew exactly who Regina was talking about when he, she came to him so angry and panicked. So I'd love to hear, um, from the men themselves if this is true. So, you know, otherwise that's a really odd coincidence. There's, there is a number, number of tweets about the Adam and Eddie tweet about the whole mm-hmm. hearing Emma's name. And then he remembered. So, um, but anyway, I'm just reading what Marissa said here. Yeah. All right, um, you guys mentioned in your first thoughts about the time when Rumpel asked Regina how it felt to use magic, and it was We Are Both, when Regina mm. used magic for the first time, and she pushed Cora through that looking glass. Nice. So, uh, you guys question why hadn't Regina used the spell to keep Henry's heart safe before? I think the reason is because she didn't have magic until season two. And not only was she frequently separated from him for a long time, she's really trying hard not to use magic to get Henry back after this. I'm sure she's going to use every protection spell in the book. Good point. Very valid point. And and that makes sense. I mean, again, you know, when you don't think there's a big threat, you know... Well, and in, in in addition to what Marissa just said, I think that your point is well taken. I mean, who in the world would even think about mm-hmm. bothering Henry? Right. You'd have right. fireballs and all kinds of for, stuff coming out. Well, for a variety so. of reasons. First of all, Henry's very lovable. Right. Secondly, you know, you want to you want to go up against the evil queen, and now go up against Rumple and Emma, who's coming into her own with magic. Right. I think people are going to be thinking twice about that. So, but uh, no, I agree. I think that it, it is, you know, it would have been really tough. And again, you don't think about that stuff until after. Two mama bears with fireballs oh, and, well, yeah, dude, well, you don't, you I, I wouldn't go up that. against them. No, 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 so, thank you. Hi, Henry. <laughs> Hope you have a nice day, Henry. Yeah. All right. Uh, so here's my thought about this whole thing. Now that the heart is basically trapped in Henry's body, if Pan is now in the body, mm-hmm. then no one can take the heart out to control Pan. Correct. So it actually played into Pan's plan, if you will. Right. If he had kind he of planned that far ahead. Mm-hmm. He did get the heart. And now, by that magical spell, who I don't know, it, it may or may not be undone. Right. Possibly. Uh, yeah, it's so possible. The, um, the other thing... But was, then, here's the question. Even if she could take it out, what's she going to do with it? Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Really, what needs to happen is once they figure out what's going on, they need to just switch the souls. Because that's really what happened. Yeah. Is that their right. souls basically switched, and we saw that from the him ripping the soul out of you know the shadow out mm-hmm. of Henry's body. The the other thing I was thinking of, I don't know if I if I put this note in here later, so if I say it again, just stop me. Is that I think that Pan being in Henry's body will break him because everyone will treat Henry like they treat Henry, mm-hmm. especially now that oh, he's yeah. come back from this almost devastatingly situation with the heart is that everyone's going to love him, take care of him. He's got a father now. And so this situation right now may break pan and may quote unquote fix him for the first time. And maybe he will gladly 
because he he now knows love from someone or a group of people. Yeah. And he may say, you know what, I'm going to give up this pan anger stuff and I'm going to be a father now because I know what love is. I get it. Maybe. I would think, I mean, that's certainly a possibility, but I would think more likely it'll make him fight harder to keep it because he wants it for himself. Yeah. Once you have a taste of something and you know you're not supposed to have it anymore, you want it all the more. Mm -hmm. That's human nature. You know, the forbidden fruit. True, absolutely. In in reality, this is a forbidden fruit of sorts. Mm -hmm. So, all right. anyway, just my thought. This next uh, email is from Lisa. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lisa mentioned that we almost had her convinced that this episode was not a hurry, convoluted mess. She said almost. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she has some thoughts about things that could have been handled differently. So okay. here we go. Uh, so there are moments left out of uh, a transition of a character and also rushed loose ends and tie-ups of mm-hmm. loose ends. Mm-hmm. So the Henry... Uh, Regina dynamic. In season one, Henry travels from Maine to Boston in search of his birth mother, Emma. For months, we've heard him tell Emma how much his life with Regina sucked. And all the kid did was beg Emma to get him away from her and break the curse. Now, in season two, uh, the curse is broken. Henry's all about keeping the town from hurting Regina. Did we ever really see how Henry got from point A, hating Regina, or wanting to get away from Regina, to point B, wanting to protect her. Uh, She's his mom, one of his moms, evil queen and all. I get that. My point is that this show all too often leaves out the moments that would and could make what follows more meaningful. Seeing Henry struggle through with his feelings for Regina falls into that category. And, you know, it's probably time... They may have wrote certain scenes that would have kind of certain scenes, yes. put in those types of transitional moments. I get what Lisa's saying, but I, I just think that they kind of allow you to put in your own transitional scenes. Right. Now, and I'm just going to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit here of why I think they went this direct route with this where, you know... You know, season one, he's, you know, my life sucks. She's horrible. She's evil, blah, blah, blah. You have to believe me. You have to believe, you know, break the curse. I I think if he had played it low key where, you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure my mom's evil queen and blah, blah, blah. She wouldn't have, she wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have tugged at her heartstrings. I think that he had to portray it, that it was just the most horrific thing ever in order to get her to believe. Because think about it. Kids are very prone to saying the most outrageous things to get you to kind of go, wait, what, what, what? And you panic and then all of a sudden you realize it's not nearly as bad as you thought. But if you didn't hear the, you know, the panic-stricken horror of whatever it is, you kind of to kind of brush it off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So again, I'm not saying she's wrong. I'm just saying that the devil's advocate side, I can see why they might have gone this route because again, you need that, um, you need that catalyst to get Emma to believe. And in Henry's mind, you know, a 10 year old boy, he's thinking if I paint this horrible picture, she'll, she'll take care of this. Yeah. So that's, that's what I think. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I will continue uh, with uh, the thoughts here. Uh, the show's tendency tendency to become lazy with its storytelling. Uh, a lot in season two. 
Uh, not so much in, in this season, but that was glaringly apparent in Save Henry. Um, I find it unbelievable that when Sydney investigated Henry's birth mother, the first bit of info that popped up was the fact that she herself was an abandoned baby found near Storybrooke. The very curse, uh, the very day the curse was enacted, no, no, and no. She gave birth to Henry in prison would have been revelation enough. But that was brought out. Uh, one of those uh, newspaper stories, mm-hmm. Jailbird, and mm-hmm. all that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was brought out, but not first. Right. You're right. Right. Um, and Regina struggled with the insecurity felt by every new mother, and having second thoughts about keeping him would have been enough. Instead, we're giving the nonsense, I'm quoting the email here, of the forgetting spell. Really? That's the best uh, they could come up with. Uh, what about Sneezy? Um, would it have killed yeah. the writers to make the scene with Mary Margaret holding Henry a moment? So, um, you know, you're you're right. There, there's decisions about what should be discovered mm-hmm. and, and all that, and then you come up with the closed adoption. It's illegal, but then in the end, Sydney said he had his. He does magic with the health department. So Mm -hmm. that's how, because he said he couldn't get anywhere with the adoption agency. Right. But with the health department, you know. Which is kind of a funny way to go about it. But obviously, I mean, anyway, there's any number of things they could have done. But I think, I think they kind of had to go that route only because. It, it, there was a shortage of time. Maybe we'll see that scene again later, and maybe they will make a production of it. We don't know. And maybe they chose not to for whatever reason. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I totally see it. And and I I want to talk about the forgetting spell just a, a minute right now. Did you notice that when she drank the spell and sat down the cup? Yeah. Uh, that looked very Disney-ish. Like uh, Snow White, of course, with the right, and it, it's it's kind of a classic right it's classic. things happen over and over right. with the dry ice or the smoke coming mm-hmm. out and yeah, all that. Yeah. But when she sat it down and the potion took effect, the cup and the bottles disappeared. Yeah, they did. So when the potion took effect, that she would look down and kind of not see anything because if she saw the cup, she'd, what's that doing there? Right. Why'd I do that? But then another question I had is other people like Archie, she, he was having dis- discussions with her mm-hmm. about this fear of the birth mother. Right. Archie could say, are you still worried about the mother? It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. But that could be a problem. That could be. So. But at the same time, um, I think, I think Archie would see that she didn't that she'd put it past her and and he wouldn't have to say anything because he would okay. see that she didn't fair talk enough because you know that's I mean? that's kind of what he was saying well, sure. yeah yeah all right because right. he said fair enough no, let you, it go you know point. live in the present mm-hmm. I think yep. she you know he she was, never brings yeah, it up no if she doesn't bring Perfect. it up obviously she took his advice You're so right. yeah You're that's right. why I think he wouldn't have said anything but that's just me you are correct uh, so forget poignancy I'm continuing to read uh, the email here forget poignancy they were too busy rushing everyone off Neverland and I do mean rushing they were guilty of hurrying their narrative all the la- all last season and in the episode they were doing it again with the scenes abo- above above aboard the Jolly Roger made it much worse Rumpel is free from Pandora's box and pay understand 
Bay understands why he did what he did, who he was, years of bitterness and resentment seem to be washed away. Regina and Henry, Regina and Tinkerbell thought they'd all but forgotten her till she appeared on the ship. Uh, Emma and David, I've been waiting weeks for this heartfelt father-daughter scene. Uh, Sadly, this was not it. I was expecting a chorus of kumbaya at any second. I was too... It was too much all at once, and it all seemed disingenuous, at least to this viewer. It's entirely possible that I expect too much from this show, but I know what it's capable of being, of being, and when it misses the mark the way it did this week, it saddens me. They started off so well uh, this year, I'd hate to see them go off the rails uh, again. Slow down once, you move too fast, just my opinion, Lisa. So, uh, great points. Yeah. Um I mean, I get it. I get where the, the, you know, I think that the fear was they didn't kill Pan and they knew they didn't kill him. That's why they rushed off the island because they figured if they could get off the island, he wouldn't have any way of of following them. So little did they know that that was going to, you know, that he was still going to have a little bit of whatever magic he had left. So that's why I think they did the rushing because of that. I think they, you know... They finished up the Neverland story, and it was time to move on. I think they sensed that a lot of viewers, at least that I've heard, are were so done with Neverland. Get off Neverland. Get out. Well, they finally did. Right. So now you know they've got to kind of move forward with the storyline because again, Peter Pan was a big story that they were trying to get to for two seasons, and they finally managed to get the permission to do so. And then they did it, and then all of a sudden, people weren't happy with being on Neverland so long, and it's kind of like. Okay, which is it, guys? What do yeah. you want on Neverland? Not on Neverland? You know, what do you want to? What I want to have happen? So, um, I think that you know, we have to remember too that actually, even in season one, they would appear to have certain things resolved, or at least kind of show us only bits and pieces. And that's where I think they're going with this: is they're showing bits and pieces. We're going to still see some stuff. We may see some. I don't know if flashbacks necessary of Neverland, but I mean, I think there's little things we're going to find out that'll that'll fill in these gaps. That's just I, my opinion. Yeah. I, I totally and, get. I totally get what she's saying, though. I agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All of a sudden, we've spent you know weeks here dealing with this, and now all of a sudden, okay, we're done. And it is kind of fast, but again, how else do you do it? Everything has been building up to this point. So again, I think there's just it's 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 a tough it's a fine line. We. We do our best within the time frame that we have to kind of allow people to kind of voice their, because this is a fan podcast, and this is you know, uh, this fan of the of uh, the show's uh, of you. So uh, yeah, I mean, I understand what she's saying. I, I just in in looking back though, we expected the curse to be uh, unbroken for multiple seasons, right? And they broke it in season one, right? There were other things like um, the, you know, the whole sneezy thing with the the uh, uh, memories forgotten, right. and then all of a sudden in the last episode, oh yeah, here here's this magical potion. Right. So there have been moments like this before, um, and uh, but yeah, it was interesting. You know, who's in the box? That was kind of the around a while. Mm-hmm. That was probably the longest arc is is an unanswered question. Mm-hmm. But then it was Rumpel's in the box, and the next episode, he's out. Yep. Uh, Henry's almost dead, and then he's 
fine or or better. You right. Know? Uh, right. So we we totally get what you're saying. Oh yeah. And um, you know, we can only say well, this and this and that. But anyway. Right. Thank you so much right. for listening and emailing in, and we know what it's like to be frustrated. So we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paige wrote another email in about uh, a very interesting point, uh, regret versus remorse. Yep. Because I think sometimes when people would have seen that scene where Pan said, I don't regret anything. And then we see um, Emma has regrets, Snow has regrets, but then Regina says... You know, I've done all this bad, evil stuff, and I don't regret anything. Right. First of all, there that makes Regina similar to Pan in the non-regretting right. world. Right. Uh, also, I just want to throw this in. I noticed when we were rewatching the episode that Pan and Regina both needed a heart to do something important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So that's they're similar in those ways as well. Right. So they are kind of being set up as equals and kind of in different corners of the boxing ring, if right. you will. Right, But so. again, I think Paige's email is actually a valid, valid argument for why they are not the same. Okay. <clears throat> but I just, I just want to bring that up. All right, so now I'm going to read yeah. um, this. Uh, when Regina broke away from the tree and took Henry's heart back, had me cheering as if my favorite football team had just scored the game-winning touchdown. Oh, you and me both. And uh, That was huge. That was awesome. I was like screaming. I was like, whoa, yeah. That was yeah. great. It was it was fantastic. Well, moment. and it, w- it was Regina taking ch- – and we mentioned oh, it. Yeah. Regina kind of taking charge. Right. She didn't have to look around because mm-hmm. I think Emma was, if she could, giving her the thumbs up, like, yes. go for it. Yes. Uh, regrets are pointless because what's done is done and there's nothing you can do to change what you've done. Regret is different than remorse. I do believe that Regina feels some degree of remorse or at least she at least has the potential to someday. Ultimately, everyone, every, I'm sorry, and ultimately everything you've done in your life has gotten you to where you are now. If that is a good place, then it was all worth it. If it's not, then you have the power to learn and grow from your past experiences. Allow them to strengthen you and use them to change your life for the better, which is uh, what which is what Regina did. What Regina did. And agreed. I agree. Regrets are, you know, wishing that you had done something different or wishing that you hadn't done something that you did. Yeah. Remorse is feeling feeling um, sorry mm-hmm. for what you did. It's having that, you know, having that emotion about what was done right. or what wasn't done. You know, and typically it's for things you've done that are not nice. Remorse is not regret. You can you can regret not doing something or you re- regret doing something. Remorse True. is typically is feeling sorry for something you did, yeah. not for what you didn't do. Yep. And I think that's a valid point in separating the two things because mm-hmm. I think we we blend them together. Right, we do. So. We we lump regret and remorse as the same thing, and they're really not. Yeah. And that's a very good point that Paige uh, brings up, is that they are not the same thing. And again, Regina has no regrets. She may feel remorse, but that's not what the tree is about. The tree is about regret. Yeah. So definitely Snow and Emma both have regrets. 
So, and they both obviously have remorse, but again, what do they have to be remorseful for? They haven't done anything. So that's the difference. Since the the thinking tree is the regret tree, if you will, right. it is sad that uh, Pan does not regret leaving Rumpel. Yeah, he doesn't. Re- he doesn't regret it. Well, look, he may not so. regret it, but is he remorseful? Okay, there you go. All See right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Again, Regina doesn't regret doing all the things she did at all because like she said it brought me my son so she has no regrets doing it it wasn't nice what she did but she has no regret in doing it but is she remorseful for it i think in a lot of cases she is very remorseful or at least she's learning to be remorseful for it she's starting to be we have the greatest listeners in the world send in these emails that that really get you to think and and um, discuss both sides of things, and that's yeah. what this podcast is about. So, yeah. uh, thank you to everyone, but thank you to Paige as well. This is from Mai, uh, and we want to give congratulations to the grad. Uh, Mai says, I've graduated. Technically, I mean, I passed my thesis exam, but I have a few credits still to do next semester. So, well, congratulations. congratulations that's to awesome. You. That's fantastic. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it a is. A lot of work. Yeah, it is. So, uh, and she still has time to watch uh, Once Upon a Time and uh, send in fantastic emails. So, exactly. Great job. Uh, so here is some very interesting promo poster analysis. And I don't know if you really kind of kept up with all those promo posters yeah. with the sayings at the beginning of uh, the season three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, Emma, uh, the quote was, believe that a lost girl can find her way home. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mai's analysis of that now is Emma is no longer a lost girl because she's accepted her family and that they're on that they are home. Yeah, those are they're they're her home, right? So she can so, find her way home. Yep. So yeah, it's fulfilled. And then, and then she did realize that she is loved and so that's yep. going to help her with yep. the lost yep. boys mm-hmm. uh, regina believe that a mother's love is stronger than her dark heart i think this one goes without saying because this season proved regina's love for henry was stronger than anything else in her life yep and it really culminated when she drank the uh, potion oh yeah to choose henry above uh, vengeance and revenge right, right. uh rumple uh, believe that you can change fate. Rumpel was able to change his fate, as far as we know, because he thought he was meant to die in Neverland, and now he is coming home to Belle with his son. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, true. And he, Bay finally accepted him, and, and you know, Rumpel was trying to change. Yeah. And to do better. Yeah. And so, you know... You know, Rumpel said, "Look, I'm I'm just like my father." And Bay says, "No, because you came back for me. You're yeah, different." Yeah, yeah. You know, and he called him Papa, and it's mm-hmm. really a really a sweet moment. It was. And, um, I love those moments. Charming. Uh, believe that a prince will always save his family. David risked. Uh, David risked everything, even his health, but was always to come through to save his family. But he almost died because he didn't tell Snow the truth. Right. <laughs> she but that's, was mad. again, he risked everything, yeah. like she said. Yeah. He did. Snow, uh, believe that hope is the strongest magic of all. They didn't lose hope, and they managed to save Henry, or at least we think so. Right. And, um, and Snow is all about hope. 
Oh, very much so. so. Hook uh, believed that a pirate can be a hero throughout mm-hmm. his actions in Neverland. Hook has stepped back and become became Killian Jones again. He is close to reaching his goal of being a hero. Yes, uh, agreed. And, and I, I just I want to rem- uh, I want to add one more here. Um, the show, the final promo poster, mm-hmm. believe that six legends can come together to save Henry, uh, and. They were the le- the least likely group in the world to work together to accomplish anything. If you really looked at all of them, just, mm-hmm. you know, Motley Crue, whatever, mismatched yeah. rogues, whatever you want. Um, but they faced the strongest internal and external challenges to save Henry uh, until the final moments, of course. I mean, right. now they're kind of back kind in Kind of the, the breakfast club, don't you think? Man, breakfast club. Yeah. Bad news bears. I mean, any any movie about a group of whatever, yeah, yeah. unlikely so, teammates. Yeah, but they did. They yeah, they, they came did. together, and some people feel that it was a certain leader, and some people think it was another leader. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll continue with my uh, email. Captain's quarters. The captain's cabin was so Spartan with the twin size bed and all. Think about the two types saying about the inhabitant, the grandiose. Captain's Quarters, Mm -hmm. says that the person thinks of themselves practically like a king. They are above the others uh, on the ship. This is true in rank, yes, but not to give into that mind frame, to not believe which could make someone into a heinous tyrant over the crew if they were a captain in closed spaces. The closed space also makes the so small Spartan cabin even more believable because it's more likely on a ship than size and they didn't have the space to make the room bigger and grander for the captain but it could have been done at the expense of less room for the rest of the crew that's an interesting point is that he cared about his crew right and and something else she kind of brought out is that you know there's two reasons why he left the room that way one was it was his brother's room yeah so and his brother was not terribly grandiose either so uh but even more so killian is the man of his people so his crew he thought of himself equal to them and the fact that he you know rolled up his sleeves and was doing all the work alongside of them even though he was giving orders it kind of puts him in a more um less kingly tyrant and more of a real captain leader so Anyway. I, I've always thought, and I don't mean this in the wrong way, I've always thought he was kind of like a pan to his lost boys. Right, In right. that this crew really didn't have anywhere else to go. And so when he changed right. from the Killian to Hook, Right or the pirate. Right, uh, you know they stayed there with him. They did, and, and but that's because he was willing to share it with them. That's right, the difference right. between Pan and Hook. Pan's a uh, you know a, a tyrant, and Hook is definitely not. And he, I didn't, I, I didn't mean that, but I mean no, no, no. But it's yeah. the truth. It's absolutely truth. If you think about it, is Pan Pan gave orders, and you didn't you didn't go against him, or right. you suffered the consequences. And then uh, the other thing she brought up, which I thought was really good, is you know the the comparison between a leader hook mm-hmm. and working with his people and being about his people and not putting himself so far above but being a true leader yeah. who else did that that would be charming because a shepherd who turned into into a prince but he rolled up his sleeve and worked aside the people who you know 
he leads. He's yeah. one of them. And that is, and that's what makes a really good leader. And that's why you have these guys who they have this little bromance going, which is funny. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're very similar. And again, it's funny, a stereotype. No, no, no. A pirate is nothing like a prince. Right. Really? Are you sure about that? Because it's not about the title. It's not about what their, you know, what their rank is so much. It's about the character. And that's the point. These men have character, which is why I love them to pieces. So. Regina Excellent is. Points. Yep. Thank you for those. I will continue yeah. with her email. Yeah. Regina is a Captain Swan shipper. She really does not care that much about Neil. This person. <laughs> In contrast to you think it's the best plan because your boyfriend came up with it and a pirate who pines for you. And remember, she is going on just what she's seen in Neverland because she wasn't there for his confession in the Echo Cave. Yeah. So that's fascinating. Yeah, interesting yeah. interesting yeah. observation. I agree. And it, it is leaning toward that because the bromance is uh, not as cold and heartless before. It's, it's you know, they're, they're friends. They're bros, I think. Yeah. They could, Go uh, get a pint uh, somewhere. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Emma gets her wish with Hook. This is fascinating. Yes. I uh, love this. Uh, so Hook always says, as you wish, milady. And Mai was reminding us that Emma, in the pilot, made a wish on a star. Mm-hmm. Um She was alone for 28 years, and her life suddenly changes when Henry... Uh, came into the picture and now you have this pirate constantly telling her as you wish as if he's bringing it full circle and making sure every year onwards she wouldn't have to be alone Uh, because he'd do anything for for her and her family granting her wish of never being alone she made a wish on her birthday and hook uh reminds her uh that uh you know trying to give her whatever she's wishing for so yeah. I think that's an interesting correlation between the two. Yeah, it is. It is, actually. All so. right. And there are fantastic other thoughts. I just can't get to them today. So thank you so much, uh, Mai, for that. Yep. And um, Genevieve sent an email also about uh, parental help from Genevieve. <laughs> uh, she was watching the episode, and she said, As a parent, however, I found myself scre- yelling at the TV when baby Henry kept crying and crying and Regina had him in the car seat, I kept shouting, just pick him up. He wants to be held. And, you know, I, I think that really shows the, the the transition between the evil queen to the mom. Right. I, I'm, you, you know, when you are in charge, you kind of just command and tell mm-hmm. people to... Do this or do that or or don't cry. Mm-hmm. She wasn't being mean. It was mm-hmm. just she was frustrated because she felt I now have this child and I'm giving him a great home, a great whatever. Um, but then it did it, it did change and, and we saw that. But yeah, at that point, uh, it was frustrating to uh, uh, Genevieve. She was <laughs> just pick him up. I'm I'm gonna step out on a limb here real quick about the whole thing with Regina. What I recognized in Regina is what I've seen in a number of my friends. And again, I'm making a general statement. This is not everybody, but I have made, I will make this general statement. I have a number of friends who tried desperately for years to have babies. And that's all they wanted. They wanted to fill that hole in their heart. They needed the baby. When they got the babies, all of a sudden they went, wait, 
this isn't what I expected. Mm, and I think yeah, that's yeah. exactly what happened with Regina. She felt that, you know, happiness when Owen was there. Owen was a little boy. He wasn't a baby. He could communicate. Yeah. So I think it kind of freaked her out because that thing she wanted, all of a sudden she's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, this isn't what I, this isn't what I expected. Now, I mean, you know, my, my friends who've had their kids and, you know, they had their struggles with the kids growing up, but, you know, they're good moms. But I know that it was a huge struggle for them when the babies were tiny, when the kids were little, as they're getting older, it's easier. But I know it was a big struggle for them because they were totally not expecting it to be the way it was. They just, you know, I think they had this fantasy, so to speak, that it was going to be all sunshine and roses and babies smell wonderful and they coo at you and they have the cutest little gurgling noises and they don't ever fuss and cry. And they don't certainly do it for hours on end. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's the, you know, like I said, I'm not, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not bashing anyone at all. Please do not think that's it at all. I'm just pointing out observations that I have noticed with a number of my friends, not all of them, but some of them. So anyway, I think that was the thing. And I agree with her. You know, you want to scream at her, go, look, pick him up. He just wants you to hold him. And again, how she was holding him was very awkward. Again, not something from a mom who would instinctually know. It's when Snow held him like a baby would be held, like a normal baby likes to be held. That's when he calmed down. And when Regina finally got to that point, I think that's when she yeah. started to get that groove. But it's a, it was a learning process. So, you know, I, I totally get they did that, but I agree with her. I was like, don't leave him on the bed alone. Yeah. Although he was too young to roll, but anyway. Yeah. And yeah, she continued. She was yelling at the TV again when they mm -hmm. left uh, Henry on the bed and walked away. I was like, I want to reach to the TV. He's like, it's going to be all right. Um, one more thing about that. I, I think the, the one interesting thing about females, just my general opinion is that it's a communal learning experience. Mm -hmm. uh, but Regina really didn't have a bunch of females to kind of help her or she could learn by watching other mothers. And, and so this was right. kind of, she came to it on her own. Yeah. And it was kind of a bumpy ride in, but she did get it. Right, and, she did. Uh, yeah. um, so, yeah. Good point. Actually, yeah. that's a very good point because yeah. it is the case. I mean, typically, new moms do have a friend or parent or, or sister or right. somebody who is close to them that has had babies. And not it's not always the case. But in general, that is, you know, it, like you said, it's a le learning experience. And you do learn from your friends who've been there before. The the best thing in the world, and, and um, I wrote them on my views from the deck notes that we just did not even really have time to get to. I knew we wouldn't have time. Mm -hmm. uh, is Regina is a way better mother than Cora. Oh, and she by far. broke. She broke that cycle. I think very well. She did. Yes, there were some missteps and, and things she didn't know at the beginning. Right. But I think as things progressed through, she was nothing like Cora. No, and no, she was. Matter of fact, the antithesis. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just no magic and and all that. Right, but remember, so. Cora also didn't have her heart. So if she'd right. had her heart, would things have been different? Yeah. And that's a hard line to kind of cross because we will never know. So, so I mean, that to me, that's the, the greatest thing of all. You know, we can mm -hmm. talk about how awful Cora is, and she was. Yeah. Um, but until the end, the absolute end. Right. But uh, Regina, uh, I think, is definitely oh, so much better. Definitely much better. And um, uh, I'll continue uh, with the... Um, uh, email here. Uh, I didn't catch when uh, Henry and Pan made the switch, but perhaps 
It was the dangers of knitting while watching. And yeah, it was that kind of eye twitch or eye shift. Yeah. Um, and I caught it at first too. And I went, what yeah. is that? And I thought, I'm wondering if they're switching. And then I mm-hmm. confirmed it for me when, when, uh, Henry went to Henry, quote unquote, went over to Felix. Felix yeah. yeah. That's when I knew I was like, oh, they switched or he switched them. But anyway, yes. And, uh, also, uh, Emma promised, uh, Oh, uh, one more thing before we go on to that. The shimmer. Um, yeah. Pan shimmer. I think that's almost a reset. It happens when something hurt him or something. It's almost like a reboot, I think. But but mm-hmm. if we ever figure out what that is, let me know. But that's what I think it is. Huh. Um, so. Yeah, possible. All right. Uh, Emma promised the Lost Boys that she'd take them home. I'm assuming that their homes are probably long gone, as are their parents. Uh, will Snow White take care of them all? That's a fantastic question. Interesting. I mean, I mean, that's a fantastic point. Uh, I mean, it would fall into the, you know, uh, take care. Yeah. She took care of the uh, dwarves and all that. So. Yeah, that is true. And I imagine there may be a point where, you know, maybe she will. But I'm wondering if they would just end up back with, um, like, uh, in Genevieve's email with the good people of Starbrook. End up yeah. adopting them, or are yeah. their parents actually maybe there? Mm, because we point. don't know. I, I can't fathom they would be because they'd be really, really, really old at this point in time, and they wouldn't necessarily have been around during the time when Snow and Charming and um, all that happened. So, who knows? Yeah. Who really knows? All right, uh, I am. Going to quickly post this final email in. This is from Brad, mm-hmm. and this is his 10 things he learned from Save Henry. Uh, number one, Emma should have uh, tickled Pan a few more times. Well, that's true. Uh, because when when the HR Puffin stuff uh, vines got her around the tree, uh, she did not have her sword. No. Not that she could really work it. No. They needed Ariel. Oh, they totally on Neverland to kind of wriggle out of that thing with yeah. her tail. She's yeah. pretty good at it. Yeah. But anyway, uh, number two, Pongo's license is up to date. Thank God. Thank <laughs> God. That was the first thing Archie's saying. It's like, is this about you know Pongo's license? No, it's not about that. <laughs> uh, number three, telling a baby it's time to be quiet doesn't work. Oh, it doesn't work with dogs or babies. No, you no, wish it really it doesn't. Would. Yeah, it doesn't. It didn't work this morning. For the dog over here that's no. sleeping. Yeah. She's so cute. All right. Number four, Dr. Whale's hair is not affected by the curse. No. <laughs> no. Number five, Henry is a crybaby. Well, yeah. A little bit. It's kind of what they do sometimes. Because that's what babies do. Especially at Disneyland about three in the afternoon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number six, motherhood can cause dark circles under your eyes and a weary tremble in your voice. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Number seven, telling yourself you'll you never fail doesn't make it true. <laughs> but there's people that will write books about that and say mm-hmm. that it does. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Regina's drink to forget all her problems is very popular today. <laughs> That's true. Popular. But drink any drink. Screwdriver. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I thought he was referring to it being that sim- uh, similar to a specific drink. Kind of looks oh, like no, little, any drink, really. Any drink, really. Any, yeah. any drink at yeah. all. Yeah. 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 Malibu Driver, one of my favorites. 
Okay. Uh, number <laughs> nine, a shadow can be used to dye cloth. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And also it doubles it as a fantastic sale. Yes. Number 10, Pan can do the old 1976 Freaky Friday trick. Yes. Yes, he can. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I, I can't. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm going to post all these emails on the show notes. And remember, you can get to the show notes at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 194. So please read all these fantastic emails. Mm -hmm. They have fantastic points I just can't get to uh, today. Here is something very cool, and I'm going to find this. Hi, Captain. I think we may have some voicemails coming our way. Watch it. Oh, you got some in your hair. Oh. Get it out. Thanks. All right. All right. Very good. Here is a voicemail from Brad. HR, puff and stuff. Who's your friend when things get rough? HR, puff and stuff. Can't do a little because you can't do enough. That's for you, Jeff. Hello, guys. This is Brad calling in. First off, I'd like to say it was great to finally see how Regina adopted Henry. This was some excellent acting from Lana. I especially enjoyed the part where she's yelling at Gold in the pawn shop. She's just so passionate. Seeing her interact with baby Henry really drove home how much heard, how she has changed every diaper, soothed every fever, and endured every tantrum. So it was priceless to finally see some of that with little Henry just throwing up on her. She has so much love for him that it's sad what happens later. The disconnection from Henry that he has in the first season towards Regina is because he has caught on to who she really is, and it has caused a strain in their relationship. Henry is the only thing she truly loves, and he believes she's an evil queen. All the love she has given him over the years is overshadowed by the truth. He believes it's all been an act, and so he goes to find his real mother. Since we were thrown right in the middle of this with no backstory, I never believed Regina actually loved Henry, and it wasn't until A Land Without Magic when I saw how broken up she was after Henry ate the turnover that I understood she actually did have true love for him. Seeing it all in hindsight, it makes perfect sense now. Regina was sending Henry to Dr. Hopper to try and hold on to the bond they once shared. Henry was smart enough to figure out who she really was and wanted nothing to do with her. Even though she was the evil queen, her love for him was very real. She could not lose him, so she had to convince him it was all in his head. Now, we meet Regina when everything is falling apart internally. She was trying to deal with losing her son and getting her revenge at the same time. Then Emma shows up and complicates matters even worse. These backstories do a fantastic job of filling in all the gaps, and the storybook ones are among the best. Think Lovely Thoughts set up some great moments, but I was disappointed with the payoff. The dangers and threats are meaningless when everything is resolved so quickly. There were some great theories about what would happen to Rumpelstiltskin while in Pandora's box, the change we would see in Peter, and what would be the fate of Henry. But the end result was absolutely nothing. Henry's heart was put back into his chest. Neil easily opened the box and released Rumpel. Pan was defeated in minutes, and David can be cured. I did enjoy the twist at the end, though, so we'll just have to wait and see where that goes. I missed the risk-taking like they did when they killed off Graham. Did anybody actually feel that Rumpel, Henry, or David were ever in any real danger? I think that's a problem. Without any risks, there's nothing to lose. Now, don't get me wrong. I loved this Regina-centered episode where she gets the shine. 
it's just so discouraging to see all the setup from the last episode really go nowhere. Maybe the writer should have listened to Rumpelstiltskin when he said, You shall see, you will come to me. There is more you need. Oh, oh. Thanks, Brad. That was awesome. Another great voicemail, mm-hmm. as always. Mm-hmm. All right. We are now coming to the end of our main show. And I do want to tell you that the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast Holiday Special 2013 is coming. It is coming. Hooray. And you're going to be blown away. There's some fun, great stuff. There's Mm -hmm. some great voice acting. And one person in particular, it's their first voice acting foray. I, I couldn't believe it. Great. But uh, anyhow, so stay tuned for that release. This is Don Juanito again. I wanted to remind you that my birthday is coming up, but I won't tell you which day. So you have to call the psychic friends or someone else to find out which, which day. But I also want to tell you, please tweet while you listen to our podcast. Yeah, you can do it. You can multitask. You can listen to the podcast and you can tweet. You can say, I am listening to at O-U-A-T podcast and say that Don Juanito is a heck of a guy. He could be my captain if he was a captain. Anyway, please tweet while you listen to the podcast. We really appreciate it. It really helps out. And is spreading the word, and we're getting more listeners, and we love new listeners, and we love old listeners too, not by age. You know, we love all listeners, everybody. So thank you so much. Hello, everyone. This is Don Juanito. Please, please, please subscribe to the Once Upon a Time fan podcast. Make sure that you find the one with the pirate in the swords and the apple with the skull in it. That's the one on iTunes that you need to subscribe to. And then you take your hand. And how many fingers you have? Unless you are a lost boy and you've lost a finger or something. Normally you have five fingers. One, two, three, four, five. Please leave that number star rating for our podcast. And the review. We really appreciate it. It helps other people see the podcast on iTunes. Thank you so much. Hello again, everyone. This is Don Juanito. Do you need something from Amazon? If you do, like I do, I use store.onceuponatimepodcast.com. You type that in your address bar. You go to Amazon. You get what you want. And the podcast gets a little bit of a percentage. Just a little bit. And it helps us to keep going in the podcast. And you get whatever you want. So please, once you type that in and use the link, then save it in your favorite so you can go back again anytime you want to. You can shop on Christmas Day, Thanksgiving, any day, Thursday, Wednesday, Arbor Day. The day that you learn to tie your shoe and then you use an anniversary all the time, please use that for us. Thank you so much.
Hello, this is Don Juanito. Do you Twitter or Facebook? If you do, please go to twitter.com slash O-U-A-T podcast. That's where we are. That is our page on Twitter. You must go there because there are fun things. And sometimes Adam Horowitz tweets us back. Sometimes Megan Ori tweets us back. You never know what's happening. It is fun. It's exciting, but still legal. And also, if you Facebook, go to facebook.com slash O-U-A-T podcast. That is our page on Facebook. You don't even have to play Farmville or Pirate Farmville or Candy Crush Saga, any of those games. You can just go there and be a oncer and have a good time. We post pictures and we have great conversations, great theories, great discussions. So please, find us on social media, on the Twitter, on the Facebook. And I thank you for that. Tomorrow's episode is the new Neverland. So we're coming up, entering uh, the the final episodes of this arc and then the hiatus. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. I want to send big love out to everybody. And uh, we appreciate you so much. Thanks for the great email. Sorry we couldn't yes. get to everything. But we thank you so much for that. And we will be talking at you soon. All right. Bye. See you guys. Well, mates, thank ye for joining us for the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This be a Roni's own media production. We want to hear from you. Our website be onceuponatimepodcast.com. Our email be feedback at onceuponatimepodcast.com. Our voicemail line be 657-333-0626. So tell other oncers that this be the place to be. Until we sail again, big love to you all, and we'll see you later. With me, good eye, of course. <laughs>